ask you to stand with us as we read this morning's call to worship. Psalm 66, 16 through 20 says, Come and listen, all you who fear God. Let me tell you what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth. His praise was on my tongue. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But, but God has surely listened and heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Roaring 
us, Lord. I give you my life. I give you my trust. Jesus. You are my
to Jesus I surrender all to you I freely oh I will never love and trust you in his presence I will sing that again and all We live 
distractions in the week, all of the demands from our work, from our families, from whatever it might be, that you would be what we ask for, Lord, that it would be Jesus and Jesus alone, that we would build our lives upon, that we would have set our affections towards, and that we would dedicate our lives to. Would you fill us with your spirit this morning, Lord, as we come to hear from your word and also to develop our own story. Good morning, church family. We're going to try some different batteries on my wireless mic, uh, but maybe we'll just be having an ordinary mic together. Uh, if we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Marcus Patello. I'm one of the missionaries that the church supports. My wife, son, and I are members of the church, and we work with college students at Central Michigan University, and I'm always glad to come and give Jeremiah a Sunday to Rest and be refreshed with his family. <laughs> if you have a copy of God's Word this morning, it will be in Genesis 32. And let me just give you uh, a quick where we're going. Uh, we're going to look at the person of Jacob from Genesis. We're going to look at his story and do a biography of him. And then we're going to spend our time in the text with Genesis 32. And then we'll end with an exhortation from Ephesians 1. And then we'll be dismissed to go live vicariously through Matthew Stafford and pretend that we're finally in the Super Bowl. <laughs> As you find your place in the text, allow me to ask you a question. Uh, how does someone find belonging? 
Now that can be answered in a variety of ways. And depending on maybe your generation or your culture or your education level, we could have a lot of different answers to that question of how does someone find belonging. And our text this morning features a character who's desperately trying to answer that for himself. You see, our main character's name is Jacob, and he's a hustler and he's a conniving man. He tries to be self-made, but along the way makes a lot of enemies. He's very successful, but there's a pile of bodies behind his bus. In Jacob's pursuit of a belonging and identity, we can learn alongside him that belonging isn't something we achieve. Rather, belonging is something that we receive from someone who's greater than us. We'll read our text for this message, then consider Jacob's biography further. If you find your place, we're in Genesis chapter 32. We're going to read verses 22 through 32. This is God's word. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two slave women, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream along with all his possessions. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Then he said to Jacob, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he answered, why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. Jacob then named the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, he said, and yet my life has been spared. The sun shone on him as he passed by Peniel, limping because of his hip. That is why still today the Israelites don't eat the thigh muscle that is at the hip socket because he struck Jacob's hip socket at the thigh muscle. So our first point, if you're taking notes, is when it comes to belonging, each of us are left alone in wrestling when stripped from what's around us. That's what we find with Jacob. Because Jacob could be described as a man who's alone in wrestling. And if you're unfamiliar with Jacob's story, it's a bit of a whirlwind to how he gets to this place of wrestling God in Genesis 32. So let's look at the biography of Jacob together. Uh, Jacob is a twin and a grandson to Abraham, the patriarch of the great Jewish faith. Now God made a covenant with Abraham to make his name great, to be the father of a great nation, and that through Abraham's descendants, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. So Abraham gives birth to Isaac, who the promise passes on to, and then Isaac gives birth to twins, first Esau, second Jacob. Now the Lord tells Isaac, though, that Jacob is the one that he's going to choose to do his promise through that he had originally given to Abraham. But a problem occurs because Isaac prefers Esau. And rather than following what God had decreed, uh, Isaac plans to give his blessing of inheritance 
to Esau. And Jacob's deceptive side comes out against this because he starts to connive against his brother and his father. And rather than calling his father to what God had made a promise to and what God had spoken, Jacob takes matters to his own hands. <clears throat> Jacob schemes against his brother Esau, and he gets his brother's word that he would get the inheritance from him after a bribery. Jacob goes to Isaac in his old age as a uh, man who's becoming blind, he can't see, he's on death's doorstep, and he lies to his father to get his father to give this blessing of an inheritance to Jacob. <clears throat> While he wrestles with these two and fights his way to his father's blessing, he ends up being sent away alone, not as a fugitive, but also still lacking belonging. Now, for this ancient society, blessing and belonging are a little bit like synonyms with each other, as I use those two words uh, hand in hand with each other with it. There is an actual tangible inheritance to it, but blessing is also a state of being that you have been decreed as having someone's favor or grace or blessing, right? Uh, you can graduate high school but the commencement ceremony is kind of like a blessing. It's like a place of arrival. It's a sense of belonging to society. That's what Jacob is wrestling for here. So Jacob gets sent away because he thinks he can connive his brother and his dad for it, but at the end, he's still feeling just as empty as he was before. So Jacob goes to the land of his uncle Laban at this point, and they form a business relationship with each other. And while it starts cordial and mutual, over the years, it becomes more and more twisted and messed up. So much so that I don't even think our reality television would try to make a spin-off of, of how their relationship is with each other. Uh, as this continues and continues and continues, Jacob ends up taking a huge part of the profits that him and his uncle had been working on and makes his way back to his homeland to Esau, where he's sending bits and pieces of his profits forward to try and bribe his brother on his return journey home. It's on the journey back that we end up in Genesis 32 this morning. This is where Jacob's coming in, where he's now a prosperous man. He has many sons. He has the uh, wife that he wants. He's prosperous. He's trying to buy his way back into the family. And this is when God meets him. But what's interesting about Jacob's story all along as you look at it is it's only when Jacob is alone that God meets with him. It's not when he's with Esau or Isaac or his uncle or his wives. Jacob has to be alone for God to intervene. <clears throat> Jacob experiences conflict with all of these people. And he, while he does wrestle and win with all of them, it's still depending on his ability to manipulate the odds in his favor every time a conflict arises. But for our text, he's unable to this time. This is the single time that Jacob is the one crying out to God. And it's here when he is exposed to a situation his manipulation is not going to be able to control. Fear and hiding is a solidified part of Jacob's story. But what is burning in Jacob is a hunger. A hunger for belonging. And you know what? He gets everything he wants, though. He wants his brother's blessing. 
he gets it. He wants his father's blessing, he gets it. He wants Rachel as his bride, he gets it. He wants the profits of the work, he gets it. And yet amidst the fear gnawing inside, it continues to rage. Now many of us, though, if we're honest, uh, we would prefer turmoil than solitude when we're in our wrestlings of life. In fact, there's a pastor named Tim Keller, and in his book on prayer, he says, we're so used to being empty that we don't recognize our emptiness until we stop and pray. And this isn't just a spiritual reality, though. We do this in our interpersonal relationships with each other. Right? My dad will bicker with you in the car rather than ride in silence with you in the car. Uh, my one-year-old, and I guess the nursery TV's on today, so sorry for throwing you under the bus, Micah. Um, but my one-year-old will get into things he's not supposed to do because negative attention is better than no attention. My struggle is that I'll be a chameleon, and then rather than being left out of the group, I'll find a tendency to take on another persona to be welcomed into the group. And so if we're honest, we can also use our giftings to justify our belonging. Maybe you're an achiever, or you're successful, and so you try to use that to buy your way into uh, being celebrated. But these things become, your successes become the things in people's lives, not you. Maybe you're a helper, and maybe you try to use your selfless acts to earn a place into people's lives. But again, then it's your acts that are in the people's lives, not you. See, because whether you have a great relationship with the community around you, or you feel invisible, we all have Jacob's innate sensation that we're relationally orphans. So we seek to create our own belonging, whether it's to God, or our own belonging to the community around us, by what we can do rather than who we are. So Jacob was given an identity, and he sought to attain it by the manipulation of his strengths and giftings. <clears throat> we have an identity, just as Jacob does, and we use our gifts to cloak our weaknesses to create our own belonging as well. Which brings us to our second point. When it comes to belonging, our first step is admittance of who we actually are. Looking back at the text, Jacob is a deceiver. He finally has no place left to hide who he truly is. He's alone again. He's stripped of all his masquerades. All his wealth is in front of him. His bride's in front of him. His sons are in front of him. It's just Jacob at this point. And there's nothing for Jacob to hide behind. Jacob is now the exposed one, and God becomes the one who becomes cloaked and concealed behind something. This wrestling commences, even though Jacob has spent all of his life wrestling. Uh, thus far, he's wrestled with his brother, his dad, his mother, his wives, his uh, employer, uh, and Jacob has struggled against every relationship. But all these relationships have just been foothills of wrestling to eventually having to take on the wrestling of God himself. And his desperate seizure of this a uh, mysterious person expresses his conflicted relationship with God because he has had experiences with God before, but now he's finally grasped hold of him, literally. Because Jacob is blessed, but he wants to create his own blessing. 
He is in defiance, but he's also independence at this point. He believes he's worth a lot, but he also can't stand the reality of who he is. And this self-made relational orphan who was, chosen, who was a chosen child before he was even born clings out of fear and pride. Jacob says, bless me and I will not release you until you do. And left totally exposed, it's here God moves beyond a vision as before and wrestles his chosen person to give him the belonging he aches for not the belonging of a self-accomplished life. So let's think about Jacob, though, and that he's deceived many, but I would say the person Jacob has deceived most is himself. Right? Uh, He's caught people in deception and has taken advantage of it and fought against them, but in the end, Jacob doesn't even know who he is. And let's think about that in terms of our life with it. Because we all know people who are caught in lies that they believe about themselves. And how does that person respond, though, when you catch them in that lie of themselves? Are they positive and uplifting? Oh, gosh, I'm so glad you finally called me out on what I've been believing all these years. I have been building this false persona, and I have been trying to find belonging, and someone has finally called me out on it. Thanks, you finally freed me from what I've been building. Nope. Uh, It's not pretty when you catch someone in a lie. This whole new persona comes over them of defensiveness, of aggressiveness. They'll say things like, you don't know the pressure that I'm under. You don't know the big picture of my life. How dare you speak that into me? You have no right to say that. And we often lie with our own false personas because we're ultimately also afraid of being cast out from belonging. So when it comes to belonging, our first step is admittance of actually who we are. Honestly, is all we can bring because belonging is achieved or is inherited. It is not achieved. So Jacob has done nothing but wrestle with God and his identity. And in doing so, he receives a new name. In verses 25, 26, and 27, we see characteristics of Jacob that are made visible from his wrestling. Three truths that come out of this. And they are that Jacob has a weakness, he has a hunger, and he has an unworthiness. Verse 25 tells us about the weakness. Verse 25, Jacob's hit was put out of socket, and Jacob has been the victor in all of his wrestlings. Esau, Isaac, Laban, Leah, Rachel... Jacob has won them all. But this time, Jacob's debilitated. This time, all Jacob can do is cling. He can't wrestle anymore. How about the hunger? Verse 26, Jacob is finally brought out into the open. I will not let you go unless you bless me. And Jacob has fought and won all of these things, but he's still just as hungry as the day that he was born. Socially, he's established himself. Romantically, he has who he wants. Economically, he's prosperous. And yet here he is still clinging. The pride's broken. He's lost the fight. But like a drowning man, he's finally found something that he can hold on to. And lastly, unworthiness. In verse 27, where Jacob's confession of unworthiness takes place. 
because Jacob has been everyone but Jacob for everybody else. He's taken on every persona to try and fit in. Now, like Jacob, if you seek to achieve your belonging, it'll be to your demise. If you seek to gain it by being the helper, you'll smother people. If you seek to gain belonging by being successful, you're going to be alone on your trophy rack of life. You'll isolate yourself. If you seek to present yourself as good before God, you'll reek of self-righteousness. It is only by an inheritance that you can receive the belonging and identity that you crave. And Jesus came to be that inheritance, which takes us to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 14. Ephesians 1 speaks of our inherited belonging. It has truths that I wish Jacob could have known, and it has truths I desperately wish that you and I would know as well. Because it bases how we actually have received the belonging we ache for. Verses 4, I'll be skipping around a little bit in that section. Uh, For he being Christ chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in love before him. Christ predestined us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ for himself according to the good pleasure of his will. In him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he richly poured out on us with all wisdom and understanding. Then hopping to verse 13, in him you were also sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. The Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the possession to the praise of his glory. So just like Jacob, when stripped of distractions and accolades that we hide behind, we're empty, hungry, and unworthy. Later in the book, Paul's going to call this condition strangers to God's promise, without hope, and without God. But yet it's precisely in this state that God chooses to intervene for Jacob, for you, and for me. Ephesians says, we're adopted, redeemed, and and we're sealed. Let's think about those three things. In this state, the Father's loving hand scoops us out of our orphanhood and calls us adopted children of God. Having nothing to give, the Father extends grace to bring us in. Despite being weak, we're called children. While we're hungry, we're invited to his table And while we're unworthy, we're called children of the only one who is worthy. How about redemption? In our unworthiness, Christ offered to take on that unworthiness so we might become the righteousness of God. Christ redeemed us and saved us in our weakness. And he satisfies our hunger and he gives us worth by clothing us in his righteousness. And then lastly, sealed. The Spirit becomes our sealing down payment of our inheritance to come. He provides strength in our weakness. He changes our appetite to hunger for what's actually good for us. And he marks our worth as children of the King. All of these things are ours in Christ. We join Jacob in receiving grace from God, but in all the redeeming occurs, there's also another inheritance about Jacob that we can often forget. So let's think about the things that Jacob receives on the other end of wrestling, right? 
Wrestling exposed Jacob having a weakness. It exposed him having a hunger. And it exposed him having an unworthiness. Now, on the other side, God gives him four things in this text. <clears throat> a new name. We see that uh, your name will no longer be Jacob. It will be Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. You see, Jacob's no longer known as the deceiver. He's no longer known as the crooked man. He's now known as a, in his relationship to God. How about the blessing? Verse 29, it finally comes for Jacob. Jacob has saw blessings both high and both low. And he's finally the recipient of what he's been hungry for all along. He's had the words spoken over him that he didn't manipulate to get. He didn't earn these words, but rather... God, when he was finally alone, came down to wrestle him to give him these words. It's out of truth and grace that they come. It's not Jacob's personas or masquerades. Third, he gets a new testimony. Jacob can, no long, Jacob can now proclaim that he has seen God face to face. And his life was spared. The rising of the sun is such an excellent indicator of this new era, this new day in Jacob's life, having been on the other side of his experience with God. He's no longer a man in the shadows. He's a man in the light. And then lastly, though, Jacob is not just left without a weakness. He's actually given a weakness. Jacob's name was changed, but his leg wasn't healed. Jacob's limp was a mark and a reminder this man has wrestled with God. And Jacob's limp influenced all the other people of God, like it says at the end of the chapter. His limp was not a victory. His limp was given in grace. And while all of this was not yet fully consummated in Christ for Jacob, Jacob receives adoption, redemption, and sealing that can only be inherited, not achieved. And how does one find this belonging? All they can do is bring their true and honest selves to God. <clears throat> That's how you find genuine belonging. And that belonging, though, it's worth remembering, often comes with a limp. You see, some of the most tender saints, as uh, Pastor Henry Nowen words, that are saints who have cried many tears and have died many deaths. Our name means a new identity, where identity is the person and work of Jesus Christ. And as we become more strong and more built into that identity, we're going to look more and more like Jesus. So in the ways that we desire, right, we might know our Bibles better, we might have a better prayer life, we might be stronger against temptation, but it's also going to grow us in looking like Jesus as a man of sorrows, a person who weeps deeply over loss, a person who prays throughout the night in agony over the consequences of sin in the world. Jacob's limp was a testimony to having wrestled with God. Paul describes it as a thorn in the flesh. And know that when we follow God, he'll give us something too. Bring your true selves to God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bring your true selves before God to receive or be reminded of the inheritance that he has spoken over you as an adopted, redeemed, sealed child of his.
and in doing so, be prepared for a limp, is an outward sign of the inward reality of someone who has wrestled with God. Let's pray. Our Father, may we depend on you, both in our belongings and in our limps. May we know that it's only in you that our hearts can be satisfied, that we can find rest, but will we also know that you're a God who calls us outward, who calls us into action, and who calls us to walk <clears throat> as a witness with a limp. As we continue to consider stories with our church family and what Jeremiah brings, would we understand our story as being grafted into your family, but also being humbled into your family as well? We ask this, Father, according to your will, by Jesus' blood and the Spirit's power. Amen. May the God who knew you before the foundations of the world, who knit you together, and who was pierced for you, carry you through this week. You're dismissed. <laughs>